Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Is This a Thing Documentary Month. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen of all ages, it's Why Is This a Thing Documentary Month rolls on. Hearts of Darkness. Oh, boy. Woo! What's up, everyone? Hype? Are you hype? I'm very tired. Oh, oh, I see. I was going to say, you seem very excited. Are you hyping yourself up? <laughs> yeah. This is artificial hype? It's, Trying, dude. It's none of it's real. None of it's ever is, real. Is this like the... Did a little line, like the, uh, did a little line of the old uh, Koki over there before the show? <laughs> you did. I was going to say, is this like the adrenaline in the Batman? Yeah. Oh, you saw the Batman, didn't you? Did you? Oh, I oh, saw these... the Batman. Oh, that's right. He saw the Batman. You want to get something off your chest? We have a lot to do today, so let's yeah. get into it. And we have to be done in a tight, tight, tight hour and a half. We can do that. What'd you think of the movie? <laughs> the Batman. <laughs> oh my god. So emo, Nick. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> what a Nick movie this was. Paul Dano coming oh in. Oh my hot, god, Paul Dano. Hot. Yeah. Boom! Boom! <laughs> boom! Fucking wow! Damn. You liked it. Oh, it sounds like he liked it. How could you not? Uh, <laughs> hey, some people haven't. I guess. I do think that those who are saying that it's better than The Dark Knight need to chill the fuck out. I think it's better than The Dark Knight. <laughs> everybody needs to chill the fuck out. I don't think I'm ready to go there, but I, I think everybody needs to give it a few more months and let their high wear off before they can actually make that assumption. Because Adam's not really a Dark. I'm Knight not a guy, huge though. Dark Knight fan, so like that's part of where I'm coming from. I like it, but like I don't think it's hard to top. <laughs> So here's for me, this is where uh, a lot of superhero movies suffer from the same exact quality, which is where they get a little too big for their own good. Mm -hmm. And the fact that in this movie, I don't want to like spoil things. so I'm going to try to avoid saying too much. But uh, the catastrophes that ensue are very large scale. Yeah. And the story thus becomes a big story when it was better when it was a small story in the first two-thirds i wouldn't call dark knight a small story though no i i, I would actually levy the same complaints against dark knight as you just levy yeah particularly there. i in that don't third think act, so though. actually i think the stakes are a little bit okay more personal when the joker has giant bombs on two different ships yeah. and like they're in this prisoner's dilemma where they literal prisoner's dilemma where they have to decide who well no no, no no sure sure but like at the end of the day though those aren't like National Guard level events. Yeah, I that mean, will how about, how literally about Lucius, alter how about the history Lucius, of Lucius a city Fox's, for years. Lucius Fox's NSA machine, where he can spy on everyone on the planet at once. That's that's a. <laughs> it's sure. so funny thinking back that that actually exists in the yeah. Nolan universe. Yeah, but like the idea of like a guy putting bombs on a boat, I'm admittedly is not as. Is not, it is a little smaller than a guy flooding an entire city. Spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler. Sorry, guys. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. I don't know. That was the only thing for me was I was like, right at the end there, that mm-hmm. just felt a little too big. Sure. Yeah. Which uh, is fair, I guess. Yeah, it, it, does, felt, like, it right. felt like it, the, yeah. it felt like the Dark Knight Rises, which never came out, obviously, but <laughs> it felt yeah, like that sort of scale yeah. event at the end uh-huh. Uh-huh. to me. It, it does sort of, you're right. It, it, it does become a superhero movie in the third act. 
I don't think it's poorly done, though. No, it's, it's poorly not poorly done. It's not an actual but, criticism. Yeah. It's more an issue of yeah. taste at that point. Yeah, for yeah, me. yeah, yeah. That's right, 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 right. But uh, I will say the big action sequences, as few and far between as they were, really popped. Like, I mean, that car chase yeah. is oh, amazing. Oh, like, my God. I didn't think that Matt Reeves could tap could top what Nolan did with the you know the the car chase in the middle of the Dark Knight. Oh yeah, I'm not we, sure. We he should quite we should talk him, about it's, it's, it's close, but it's very it's good. It's yeah. very. We good, should yeah. talk about the countless innocents that died literally because of the Batman in that scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> possibly. Yes, wasn't it caused by? It wasn't caused by the. Penguin, I mean, he didn't but. cause it, but the fact that he decided to chase the guy when it was completely unnecessary to chase the guy. It's right. emo Batman. He could have just. Though. He, he could have just been like, "I'll catch him. I'll catch up with him later." He I know he's just, a fat guy. I mean, I'll catch him at some point. <laughs> like, there was no reason to yeah. make a car chase going the wrong way on a highway. I'll circle back. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. <laughs> At least it makes sense, though, like the big criticism of the Nolan chase scene is that like if you break down the Joker's plan, it's like, huh? Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. No, sure. This is much more emotionally driven. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I kind of was great. I was. Yeah. 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 I I guess it's not to say the the Dark Knight's not emotionally driven at many points, but it's not like this. This is like a brooding noir (laughs) through and through. This is pure. I I normally hate the narration angle, too, but the narration works so well. So what? It's journaling, dude. Yeah. Like Like, he's a Paul Schrader character. I love it. (laughs) So good. I love it. Yeah. I don't know about it. I. Oh, beautiful. Mm. It, it does, it's just wet and disgusting and gothic as all hell. Oh, it was it's, always raining. It's always raining. raining. So much rain. So much oh, fog. Yeah. So much moisture in every frame. Yeah. It's a, it's a just, wet again, ass movie. You can't you, see anything in it aside from these little tiny points of light. Yeah. <laughs> I love and that. anytime you have a camera facing Paul Dano, I am just all in. Entranced. Paul Dano. And I am so, you know, this is one of the only times you'll ever hear me th- say this. I'm glad the movie was this long only because you did not get enough Paul Dano in the first half Mm. and him really getting in that second half. What do you think about this? And we were talking about this on the other show. Should we have been told that Paul Dano was in this movie? No. Yeah. It would have been so much better, right? Like if we had no idea, if they didn't play that diner scene in the trailer, if we didn't know that he was cast, like if it was a legit mystery and then it was like that would have been the whole ad campaign. Who is the Riddler? Right. But then they could have played around with it in the movie, too. Like there was that scene where where Bruce Wayne, not as Batman, goes to the funeral. Yeah. And you see that guy. That's a great scene with the breathing up there. It's fantastic. But he has a conversation with like a random civilian that's sort of protesting the event. And there's a moment there where I guess Bruce sort of suspects that this guy might be the Riddler. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. And uh, yeah, like you could have done that throughout the whole movie. Like you could have really strung that out where it was a legit mystery. And then it's like, oh, shit, it's Paul Dano. (laughs) It's Paul Dano in a Batman movie. I think you go as far as to cast a bunch of other high profile people for tiny bit parts. That's a great whole way. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this whole movie, the ad campaign should have been a fucking riddle. Yes. Yes. I mean, they could have really gone with it. But right. They're not that smart. Oh. The movie's quite smart, but it's the ad campaign, good. no. But it's, it's very it's, good. It's awesome, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I want five more of them. I want them to be seven <laughs> hours long each. I, I just want to get immersed. I love this guy. I don't know if they yeah. all work uh, without like the Riddler angle on it. Well, they're going to shoot for another Joker angle, which will be something <sighs> Maybe. else. Maybe. They don't need that. We really don't no. need that. 
Another frustrating part of the movie. Spoiler yeah, alert. yeah, yeah. That's the that's the worst thing about the film for me. Yeah. But by the way, they're not doing. I guess they'll like they'll try to introduce the Joker. But apparently, um, Matt Reeves wants to go ahead and just do Mister Freeze. I, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Nicholas Cage. Like, who did Cage want to play in the sequel? You think he could be Mister Freeze? <laughs> I think he could be Mister Freeze. It's so cold. cold. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> who could he play? Who could he play? That's a good condiment question. man. Condiment uh, man. He wants to play man. He wants to play Cal- a character called Egghead. Uh, I'm down for Egghead, says Nick Cage. He'd be a good Two Face, probably, if they wanted to do Two Face. Oh, he would. I think he'd do. A good he two-face. would be a good Two Face because that's that's Nick Cage for you. <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! There you go. Uh, yeah, I guess they're gonna do more. All right. I guess they're gonna do more. I'm all in. It did well. We were worried it wouldn't do well, but it's it's you know. Yeah, I definitely don't want them to do seven again. Like, I don't want them to just do a, no. a 90s serial killer movie. I want them to, like, try new genres out. Because that is the other thing. Like, it, it's really novel when they do a noir Batman one time. But would it be novel on the third go round? I no. don't know. Like, no. when would it get annoying? I mean, how about, like, a Batman Western? Let's go for it. <laughs> Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Batman spy know. thriller. Give me all of the genres just with... Pattinson yeah I'm of course worried because there's going to be some spinoffs too like they're doing this TV show for HBO Max which is the new model now I know is that you do a Warner Brothers movie and then there's a TV show on HBO Max for TV yeah well it it might be that just this one movie will be good and everything else after will suck and that's okay (laughs) and it's possible I'll take it this this movie was very good and I will watch it again in the future me too too. uh beautiful I've watched nine movies in the past seven days guys Jesus. Ooh. I've watched hauling ass. I've watched more that were not Oscar related. <laughs> I just watched more. You're, you're preparing for uh for, for Oscar live stream. We should plug that right now. Again, yes. By the way. Please, 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 please uh come hang out with us during the Oscars. You don't even have to watch. We'll have like a little stream open and you can see what we're talking about. Uh you know, we might have some special guests stop by. You never know. Some surprises along the way. But subscribe to the YouTube. It's not, not like fucking Quentin Tarantino's joining the stream. Well, he oh, not, okay. Well, Nick, there Nick goes was, my dreams. Nick was shocked when he's like, surprise guess. Who could it be? <laughs> Michaela's pots and pans? Yeah. I'll get Meg Ryan, guys. I'll reach uh, out. <laughs> I'll finally reach out. She's available. It's not like she's presenting this year <laughs> <No>. or anything. <laughs> Uh, YouTube.com slash Too Many Thoughts Media. Subscribe and you'll be alerted when we go live. Um, and we may get a, uh, we may even get a link up a couple days early or something or a day early. We'll, yeah, we'll post I'll, in the Discord as soon as we have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll try to figure out a way to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, come stop by and chat with us and it'll be fun. I hope. Hopefully it won't be a disaster. Could be a disaster, but be for that. Be there for that, too. You yeah, know? I mean, be there to watch the disaster unfold. Yeah, I was going to say, if you know our history, it's likely going to be a disaster, but, you know. Definitely going to be a disaster. We are planning for such. Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of Nick Cage, by the way, unbearable weight of massive talent, getting rave reviews. Is that right? Rave reviews. I'm oh. only realizing that there's a lot of interesting movies coming out. That's one of them. I said uh, on another podcast, we have a Predator movie coming out, an Indiana Jones movie coming out, a George Miller films coming out this year. Like next month. Yeah. I, are, I was we, like, are we finally out of the uh, <laughs> the post-pandemic movie slut, like just whatever you want to call it, 
the yeah. fucking slog that happened I, because of all the productions getting shut down. I think so. It's kind of like, cool. did you know there's a Richard Linklater movie <laughs> dropping on Netflix next weekend? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, like, this <laughs> shit is just. So what are these surprises? I, I guess I like it. Like, okay. But also listen to the TV shows coming. I, I wrote down a couple of these because <laughs> it's insane. We're getting uh, Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. Moon Knight. On Disney oh, Plus. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting Atlanta coming back to FX. Mm-hmm. Barry's coming back. Yeah. Better Call Saul is coming back. This is all within the next month, by the way. Uh, the Michael Mann HBO oh, series yeah. Tokyo, Tokyo Vice. Yeah, I really want to Tokyo freaking Vice <laughs> coming like, in the wow. next month. That looks kind of dope. <laughs> There's a David Simon series coming to HBO. Like writer of the wire just back with another show set in the baltimore crime world called we own this city with john barenthal no one's talking about it in the next month gaslit the nixon show with uh, by by the mr robot guy with julia roberts and sean oh. penn oh boy these are shows that's gonna take up most of your time coming out <laughs> i might, I might watch uh, tokyo vice the offer yeah. the 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 uh i think starring miles teller the behind the scenes a series about the making of the godfather oh oh wow coming to paramount plus they're doing that oh, it's shit. crazy dude damn all within the next month all these tv shows wow that was and a great segue by the who way who the hell is miles teller playing uh miles teller i don't know who is he playing this is not Puzo? it's not no. a documentary series this is like a narrative no this is a drama. yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah let me look this up real quick okay. hang on uh, Miles Teller plays Albert Ruddy. Okay. Uh, imagine a, the producer, I guess. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi's in it. Juno Temple's in it. Colin Hanks. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay, neat. <laughs> well, neat. Well, neat. <laughs> It'll be good, I'm sure. Who is playing Coppola, Coppola. in that? Um, it's funny I was watching Dazed and Confused and I saw uh, Adam Goldberg doing you know the whole I just want to dance yeah, yeah. and he has the exact same mannerisms of Francis Ford Coppola like in the scenes where he's sitting there on the chair shirtless talking about being pretentious it's like the exact same character so maybe they get Adam <laughs> Goldberg <laughs> oh, that'd be a perfect yeah, uh, yeah. anyway uh, that would be a perfect segue into what we're talking about now ah. that would be it would mm-hmm. but we're not going too bad we have other business yeah. to attend to <laughs> so we can't use the segue the Razzie game yes oh no <laughs> the Razzie game returns oh god for like the sixth year in a row oh I meant to look at the stats for this I'll, I'll pull it up for next time uh, but Adam has won this an ungodly amount of time <laughs> He's on a ridiculous run. I already have my show planned, by the way, if I win. So. Oh, God. I don't even think it's a good idea, but I'm, I'm committed to it. <laughs> yeah. Committed uh, to your bad course of action. <laughs> so every year we predict the winner of the Razzies. The Razzies take place the day before the Oscars and are uh, considered uh, the anti-Oscars. These are not awarding the best movies of the year, but the worst movies of the year. Some might say the Oscars does that for you already. Mm. Uh, but apparently, no, the Razzies are... The true pinnacle of bad cinema. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to go down and uh, guess the winner in each category. The person with the most correct guesses will choose the next film we discuss on this podcast. And uh, normally, it is 
not an act of kindness, but an act of attrition. <laughs> uh, previous selections have included Pink Flamingos. Um, there was another bad one in there too, right? I don't remember. Multiple Maniacs. I guess really Maybe. you just picked John Waters movies. Roar year. was a good one though. Oh yeah, Roar was a good selection. Yeah. They were all from me. So Pink Flamingos was one, Roar was another I don't remember what the other... Maybe it was Multiple Maniacs. I, I do think know. it was Multiple Maniacs. I think you inflicted oh. it on us again. Mm. I liked Multiple Maniacs. Of course you did. <laughs> uh, I have a plan to make everyone miserable this year if Ooh. I were to win. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I don't think mine's going to be miserable. But, it, you know, we'll see. I, I need revenge. I need revenge. You need so, revenge. here we go, guys. Well, if I win, I will have to figure out what I'm doing because I'm not prepared <laughs> to win. <laughs> mm. I've never won. What are you gonna What are you gonna throw against me? Like we bought a zoo or something? Is that <laughs> the emoji movie? <laughs> oh, I may need to rethink it. That's a great idea. <laughs> we bought a zoo. <laughs> Cameron Crowe's late period masterpiece. We bought a zoo. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Okay, uh, here we go. Let's begin with the category worst. Uh, is this the full list? No, no, I don't have the full list here. Uh, <laughs> we're so good at indicative this, of our live stream. <laughs> we are the best. <laughs> worst screenplay. Worst screenplay. Your nominees are. Diana the Musical, <laughs> script by Joe Petrito. Diana the Musical, uh, like Princess Diana? Correct. There was a musical about the... Uh, <laughs> so they adapted a musical and they're giving the guy who adapted it the worst screenplay? That's <laughs> Okay. Uh, is it even an adaptation? I think it was an original. I don't even think it was based on a play or anything. Oh, you're telling he just made a musical about... I believe so. That's fucking weird. <laughs> that is weird. Uh, Karen. <laughs> the film is called Karen. And it's a horror movie about like a, a Karen that lives next door. Oh my God. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> poor Karens. It's so bad now that uh, my coworkers who are all women, they, they just talk shit about Karens in their life. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, yeah. Diana the Musical on Netflix. <laughs> Stream it on Netflix now. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was a a stage play. Is that right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. This was a. It was. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that really counts then. <laughs> it's a. It's a filmed version of a stage play. Oh. Oh. Come of on. Of a Broadway stage. Oh, play. that's dumb. All right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Karen. Uh. The Misfits. Don't know what that is. Uh. Screenplay by Kurt Wimmer and Robert Henney. Okay. Uh. Twist. Written by John Worthall. See, can you fucking pick movies that people have heard of? Yeah, what is this? Yeah, right. Can you just put Space Jam and New Legacy in this category? Yeah. Well, that's the one. I, there's got to be one, you know, and that's the I one will tell pick. you The Misfits is starring Pierce Brosnan, Remy Jaber. I don't know. Hermione Corfield. Uh, okay, well, Tim Roth and Nick Cannon. So Pierce Brosnan, Tim Roth, Nick Cannon. Okay. And then a bunch of people I've never heard of. What is Twist? Mm-mm. Let's find that out for me real quick. Twist. Is that it? Uh, no. And the women in the, the woman in the window. Screenplay by Tracy Letts. Netflix film starring Amy Adams from last year. Ungood. Twist. Be- Michael Caine and Lena Headey. 
Sounds right. vaguely familiar. A right. modern take on the classic tale of Oliver Twist. I see Lena Headey holding a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a dark, gritty Oliver oh, Twist? It's on. Oliver Twist with like a poor kid and Michael Caine and Lena Headey with a gun. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, Adam, what's your pick? Uh, I'll give it to Woman in the Window for Tracy Letts. Okay, the great playwright, Tracy yeah, Letts. Right. Uh, Nick. Karen. Karen, yeah, maybe it's it's time for the Karens. Um, I'll go Karen too. Oh. Yeah, I'll go. This is how Adam wins, by the way. <laughs> this is how it <laughs> this goes. One, this one category, they're not. Nico, and, Nico and I both picked the wrong one. <laughs> nah, that's probably the right answer. I don't know. Uh, worst director, your nominees: Christopher Ashley, Diana the Musical; <laughs> Stephen Chobsky, Dear Evan Hansen. <sighs> Did you see that movie? Abby Ooh. and Rachel saw it. And that Abby, is Abby's an enormous Dear Evan Hansen fan, and she even she was like, it didn't work. <laughs> it's because it doesn't work as a movie. Fucking Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just looked wrong from the get-go. They cast like a 35-year-old man to play a high school kid. We should do it on this show. We probably should. Mm. Maybe that'll be my selection. Oh, Lord. Okay. Uh, Coke Daniels for Karen. The guy's name is literally Coke. Coke Dan. How does you? How do you spell, spell that? Uh, C O K E. Oh like my the, God! Like the beverage, uh, <laughs> or the drug he was taking. When he wrote the script for Karen. <laughs> Rennie Harlan for the Misfits and Joe Wright for the Woman in the Window. Nick, your selection, sir. Uh Dear Evan Hansen. That's right. That's Whatever the director's name is. Yeah, Stephen Chobsky. Who's Steven made a Chobsky. film that is like one of my favorites. He made Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh yeah. So that's a shame. That's a good movie. I like that. Yeah, movie. I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, I will go Christopher Ashley, Diana the Musical. <laughs> oh, you think this one's gonna run away with a few awards? I think it might. I, <laughs> I think that one's gonna get slept on. Yeah, it's, it's so ill-advised an idea. You know? <laughs> so is Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a good guess though on your part. Uh, here we go. Worst remake, ripoff, or sequel? Oh, boy. Uh, Karen, inadvertent remake of Cruella DeVille. What? Okay. Space wow, they were Jam. scraping the bottom of the barrel. Space Jam, A New Legacy. Tom and Jerry, The Movie. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. Live action, Tom and Jerry came out last year. Twist. Uh, rap. It's a rap remake of Oliver Twist. They rap in Twist. Oh my Starring all white people, as far as I can tell. <laughs> oh, God. Not joking. Every single person I'm seeing so far is white. I'm looking through photos of the film. Everyone is white. <laughs> and uh, the woman in the window ripoff, of course, of Rear Window. Okay. I will go Space Jam and New Legacy on this. As will I. Uh, yeah, me too. It's that's, Space Jam. <laughs> that's a wash category. It's got to be Space Jam. Yeah. Clean sweep on that Come one, on. I think. Come on, guys. We should probably put some money on that in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, worst screen couple. Okay. See, this used to be a fun category, but whoever they, writes the Razzies has just fucked this up. They consistently screw it up. They yeah. try getting cute every year. Like, actually put two people together, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead, you do it, you're doing... Any klutzy cast member and any lamely lyricized or choreographed musical number. Diana the Musical. Jesus, they hate this movie. <laughs> LeBron James and any Warner Brothers cartoon. Or the Time Warner product he dribbles on. 
in Space Jam A New Legacy. Jared Leto and either his 17-pound latex face, oh. his cheek, his his geeky clothes, or his ridiculous accent in House of Gucci. Ben Platt and any other character who acts like Platt singing 24-7 is normal. <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen. And Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry, the movie. Oh, come on. <laughs> If anything, they're probably the best part of that movie. What do you think, Adam? Oh man, oh, this is this is actually. I mean, yeah, I think the I think they're getting too cute with it as well. It's, it's stupid, it's, but you know, the Razzies were meant to be like an anti-Oscars, not like a fucking one guy writes his little jokes as the categories, and he he like snickers as he types yeah. in his. You think they should take it a little more seriously? I think they should actually. <laughs> I think it would do them a lot of good. in a way. Yeah. 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 Oh man, but this one, th- even even considering the stupidity of this, this is actually kind of tough because it's either for me Space Jam or Jared Leto. Mm. I might be daring and go Jared Leto though. Okay. Yeah. You go Leto. Yeah. Nicholas. I'm gonna go Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Because okay. I do recall there being quite a bit of controversy with this actor. There um, is. Yeah. Because he was essentially demanding that he's the only person who could play this role. Yes, and he's a loser for that. (laughs) Yes, so I think that any chance they can get to go after him specifically. He was a real cunt about it, though. He really really was. It was like some of the stuff he was saying. It's like, this play would be nothing without me. I believe he was the guy who played it on Broadway, right? Same guy? Yeah. 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 And he won the Tony and everything. Oh, yeah. Okay, dude. Uh, I'm going to go Leto as well. Okay. Yeah. I think Dear Evan, that's a, eh, I don't know. That might be correct. <laughs> that might be correct. Okay, this is a special category invented for the Razzies this year. Oh, wow. We don't get these two awesome. One. Special category. I, I don't know if it will make a return. Maybe it will, depending on this man's financial future. <laughs> Worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> here we go. There's going to be a lot of noms, aren't there? <laughs> I forgot he did so many movies this year, didn't he? He's not financially unwell. He makes like a million dollars a day on those movies. And like he doesn't have to stand up. Like all of no. all of these movies feature him like in like a space chair. Just like yes. sitting there. This man <laughs> sitting in a chair is taking up about 95% of the budget. <laughs> Your nominees by Worst Performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. Bruce Willis in American Siege. Bruce Willis in Apex, Bruce Willis in Cosmic Sin, Bruce Willis in Deadlock, Bruce Willis in Fortress, Bruce Willis in Midnight in the Switchgrass, Bruce Willis in Out of Death, and Bruce Willis in Survive the Game. Those are your eight nominees, eight nominees. It's kind of a dice roll, guys, (laughs) but I have my answer. Go ahead. It's Apex. Apex. Nicholas. Yeah, I'm looking at all of the posters for each movie, basically. Mm. I have my guess. I'm going to go with, uh, just because the title is so great, <laughs> Midnight in the Switchgrass. That is a good title. Is I think <laughs> Megan Fox is in that movie, too. Yeah, I think so. She is. Okay. You know, since uh, uh, Red Letter Media just did an update on that, and uh, he's put out uh, two f- more films already or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, since since uh, since their last update on that, which was only like a couple months ago, so this guy uh, he's unwell. 
I Nick. think I'm going to have to go Apex as well. Ah, damn it. Okay. Uh, and that's mostly to hedge against Adam, honestly. Fucking Smart. You, you asshole. Because this really is a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, it is. Smart. It's uh, It's tough. It's got. I was I was thinking Cosmic Sin, but it doesn't even look like he's the main character of that movie. It looks like Frank Grillo is really. I don't think he's the main character of any of these movies, but I think he's the top build in all of them. He is the the lead in Apex. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. He looks like he's the lead in Apex and Mid- Midnight in the Switchgrass. Also, him and Megan Fox. So those two seem the most him. Yeah. But so I think they're both good guesses, guys. It's called Midnight in the Switchgrass. It's a nice title. I know. Come on. But no, it's actually that like. Is- that's a phenomenal title. Like that's it's actually a great like a, title. That's Wait, a that's gonna... a that's a a list film title. I'm picking up that really paperback at the airport. You know, <laughs> like I'm definitely if I'm scrolling through, I'm buying that shit at the gift shop. What the hell is Switchgrass? Couldn't tell exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, you don't want to be right. caught there at midnight, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. Uh, we're supporting actor. <laughs> this is where the Razzies really pissed me off this year oh really okay oh good nick cannon for the misfits mel gibson for dangerous gareth keegan in diana the musical jared leto in house of gucci and ben affleck in the last duel what oh that's weird leto well but why ben affleck Wait, wait. What is that? I'm gonna about? go. What? It's got to be Jared Leto first off. It's we're, and we're yeah, all going uh, Leto in this. Like, like I, I thought that I think that, is, was... I think that that is an excuse to throw Ben Affleck's name in the ring here because he's like good well, in the he, movie. He, 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 I know, but he has a history in the Razzies, right? Sure. Yeah, he does. Of course. Yeah. But and like, it's not funny anymore. I don't know. It's like guys. Right. He's come out of it. It's like yeah. Like, I know. He's won. Yeah. You lost, Razzies. <laughs> they're, they're just trying to relive their glory days, pulling in these old, you know, they're, he's actually very good in that movie. And that movie yes. is perfect. So Surprisingly good in that movie. Yeah. Adam and I are doing a, an award show a little later on the other show, on the Movie Ooh. Hall of Fame, if you want to listen. We're doing our anti-Oscars, where we're going to present our nominees for what we would have done if we were in charge of the Oscars this year. I will just say, Ben Affleck's name will be mentioned. Also, I do get a little wait, I just realized the last duel. But... The See last what? duel is not up for Best Picture, is it? No. No. It's it not got, up for anything. anything. It got shafted. Why? I don't know. Because it didn't make any money. Because people are stupid. Yeah. What? Yeah, you know, like fucking Belfast made a killing at the theater. Give me a break. Like, I'm looking at my <laughs> ranking right now of Best Picture films, and I like The Last Duel, I think, better than all of them. What is your ranking? Would you? Could you share? Do you want me to share today, or do you want to wait for the live stream? I mean, oh, maybe we can. Yeah. Wait. Are you going to watch all ten? I'm going to try to watch a few more. Okay. Right. So far, I have uh, six. I've watched six. Okay. Cool. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to watch Coda. I, I really don't want to deal with Apple TV on principle. Uh, I will just say, after the Producers Guild Awards last night, you may need to watch. Coda. Oh God, what is it? Go- it's not going to win Best Picture. Stop it. Stop it. You may have wagered a little money on it last night. You whore. God damn it. I think it's going to win. If I watch Coda, it's going to be the last one I watch. God, it's like the worst. It's, it, I think it's going to win. Aside, no, seriously. It's like, aside, like I would rather have Belfast win over fucking Coda. <laughs> Christ. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it won't. Oh. Power of the Dog is still the favorite. But... All right. Okay. Lord. Uh, I'll save my rant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. We all want Jared Leto, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's clear Pretty choice. Obvious. 
Okay. Uh, worst supporting actress: Amy Adams, Dear Evan Hansen, Sophie Cookson for Infinite, Aaron Davy in Diana the Musical, <laughs> Judy Kay in Diana the Musical, and Taryn Manning for every last one of them. Don't know what that movie is. She's the uh, chick from Orange is the New Black, though, uh, right? What's the first one you said? Amy Adams? Amy Adams, Dear that, Evan Hansen. That's my choice. Yeah, I'll pick Amy Adams. Oh, I hate that we're going to sweep this, but I think I have to go Amy Adams as well. Like, yeah. I got to play some defense here. Yeah. Well, anytime there's like... If there's only one big name person in a category, kind of, yeah, they typically like to go after. Yeah. They like to punch up when they can. Yeah. Worst actress, your nominees. Uh, I'll just tell you right now, Diana, whoever's Diana. Amy Adams, oh the woman in the window. Oh, come on. oh, see, this is why they did this. You know why they did this? Yeah. Taryn Manning for Karen is listed here as well. They wanted to give her the old double nomination. Oh. Again, the jet, the Raz, Razzie's getting too fucking cute. Okay. Taryn Manning stars as Karen in worst, yeah, yeah, in in the in the worst actress category. Uh Gina DeWall in Diana the Musical, Megan Fox in Midnight in the Switchgrass and Ruby Rose in Vanquish. Is that another Bruce Willis thing, Vanquish? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Vanquish. Oh God, this one's you. hard. Oh. I'll go Taryn Manning and Karen. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay, you're going the Diana chick, Nick. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, Gina Dewall. Vanquish. She. Um, it shows a uh, woman with buzz cut short hair with guns for wings, and Morgan Freeman is in it. I kind of like Karen too. Okay. I'll go Karen. Pick, probably. Taryn Manning. Taryn Manning. <laughs> yeah. They could be going for giving Amy Adams a lot of as well. That's possible, yeah. I was so, thinking about it. You never know. know. No stranger to the Razzies herself. Yeah. Amy Adams. Good. <laughs> uh worst actor. Scott Eastwood in Dangerous. Roe Hartramp. Diana the Musical. LeBron James. Space Jam and New Legacy. Ben Platt. Dear Evan Hansen, Mark Wahlberg, Infinite, Nick. Ooh. Ooh. So I've been wanting to go with Dear Evan Hansen on this one as well. Okay. And I think that's what they're going to do. However, LeBron is a pretty safe guess too. I'm going to go with Dear Evan Hansen. Adam. <laughs> oh my God. This is, this one's hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like Ben Platt was being such a prick. Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I don't know. They, they have. I think they're coming after the musicals this year. I yeah, think they're going I, after Darren Hansen am, and Diana. Cause, I really do. Thing, like, like, cause, okay. So, ne- but Nico's going to totally pick LeBron. So it's a safe bet. It is a very, it's too safe. All right. You know what? I'm this is where gonna... men are made, Adam. I did have a stronger reaction towards Ben Platt, so I'll just go Ben Platt. Okay. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Were you going to pick Ben Platt? (laughs) I was. (laughs) Well, now you got to go LeBron on principle. I kind of have to. I have to go for... I I don't want to overlap again. But it's it's probably going to be LeBron, though. Like, that's the thing. It's so The only question is, is LeBron too obvious? And he's not an actor, so, like... 
nobody's exactly. expecting him to be good. Exactly. Whereas Ben Platt is explicitly a high theater actor mm. who's a dickwad. Yes. So it's really I'll, I'll go what LeBron. kind of message do they want I'll to send? I'll go LeBron. I'll go LeBron. All right. I'm not happy about it, though. Man, I'm handing this game to Adam again. No, Worst picture. <laughs> Diana the Musical. Infinite. Karen. Space Jam A New Legacy. The Woman in the Window. Space Jam. I will go just because it seems like the Razzies really hate on Diana the Musical. Yeah, they do. I'm going to go Diana there. All right. Uh, I'll take Karen. All right. Oh, all right, all right. Cool. Spice it up a little. There we go. Not bad. That's okay. Okay. Well, there we go. There's three different selections for the last category. Congrats to Adam Hall. Hey. On another victory. We do not know this yet. We don't know. I, we'll be <laughs> announcing it during the live stream. So listen to the live yeah, stream. Next week during the live stream, as Didn't they announce each winning category, we will announce each <laughs> Razzie winning category. Didn't we tie last time and then we had to do uh, yeah. the card game? Yeah, that's yeah. what happened. Okay, I remember. <sighs> and of course I won. I hate this game. I don't know why we keep doing it. <laughs> ben Affleck. I mean, that is that, a horrible nomination. Yeah, that's bullshit. I mean, that's just like you don't watch movies if you think that's a bad performance. No, they were also. Exactly. It seemed like they were scraping the bottom of the barrel, especially with that. Yeah, uh, that's it too. Couples. I mean, there's got to be enough couples in movies that they could have fucking found. Something. That was kind of a weak Razzie's list, if I'm being honest. I agree. Weak, yeah. I agree. It gets worse every year. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good award season either. Apparently, like not a lot of good, not a lot of bad, just a lot of stuff in the middle. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Uh, okay. There you go. You know, this is why. Honestly, I think the Razzies need like. They need people like us who care about bad movies. That's true. Yes. Yes, they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, they should give us the rights. Yeah. Or just like, definitely. You know how like the Golden Globes, they just canceled the Golden Globes because it's racist or whatever? Is that why they And they're like, it? all right, we're just not going to do the Golden Globes anymore. Let's just replace the Razzies with the Wattatties. Let's Ooh, just na- there's nationally. A good, there's a good idea. That should be the new gold standard. Yeah. Well, I think the Razzies should do what the uh, Oscars do, and they should have like uh, you know people voting everywhere. Yeah, you, they do have that, I guess, but you have to like pay money to get a voting share. So wow. I think like it's kind of a pyramid scheme. That sucks. Uh, yeah. So I think no, that's no, really no. the issue at hand here. Do we boycott the Razzies? Well, I think no. In order to vote in the Razzies, half hour. Sure. Yeah. In order to vote in the Razzies, you have to have a podcast. We talk about movies. Ah, where you just talk about movies. It's a real exclusive yeah. club. <laughs> we'll be in better company. The thing is, guys, we we have not forgotten about what makes bad movies special. Right. That's what we need to do. Remember when I went to see Last Christmas in a theater by myself? Oh God. Yeah. Like in the middle of the day. It was that like, was one like, of the most pleasant days of my life. <laughs> he loves that movie. It was like yep. three o'clock on a Tuesday and I went in the theater and there were just eight white dudes that look just like me sitting there by themselves yeah. all working on a podcast as well i'm like oh yeah. pot in this week yep <laughs> we should collab i love that movie i actually think there's a there's a good chance that's exactly what they were doing there. oh my it definitely was it definitely Almost was certainly there was not a single female in that theater <laughs> And we're all there with like our hoods up because we're embarrassed that yeah. we just bought a ticket to last Christmas. Yeah. But I love that it invites your people somehow. <laughs> your people? Like it's your not pe- your people too, Adam? 
That's I know. My people. Let's use we statements here. Yes. Okay. We people. <laughs> oh, what a movie. What a movie. Uh, all right. Let's talk uh, another movie that is uh, quite shocking in some regards. Apocalypse Now, more specifically, Hearts of Darkness. We're continuing our month-long exploration of cinema through documentary filmmaking. Uh, This is another behind-the-scenes movie in the vein of Burden of Dreams from 1991, the -the behind-the-scenes story of Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now, a troubled and storied adaptation of Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, a beloved novel that uh, Orson Welles once tried to tackle uh, those plans quickly fell apart because it's really fucking hard to adapt that book. But Coppola tried it with, as he said, way too much money <laughs> and way too much resources. <laughs> uh, Nick, you watched Apocalypse Now for the first time this week. I did. And I want to know what you thought about it. I did not like it. <laughs> yeah, I knew he wasn't. Here's how I knew he wasn't going to like it is that he didn't say anything in the group chat. Not a single word. I'm like, oh boy, he didn't like it. I did what? not like it. I was yeah. fucking. First off, let me just put it this way though. Let me just start here. I am just so not interested in war movies. Like, it's uh, not really I, a war movie. Whatever. I'm sick of <laughs> Vietnam. I'm sick of all of it. I just don't care. I okay. really just don't care. Uh, I not my movie, not for me. Which is fair, though. I mean, I absolutely love Apocalypse Now, but it's I I've I've always contended since I first saw it that it's actually a very hard movie to recommend because it's yeah so it's, also, it's so long it's long as hell and it's difficult it's and it, visceral it's, it's so uncomfortable visceral. yeah yeah it's, also like. It, you don't even know what the fuck it's about. No, yeah, it's this amorphous, <laughs> weird thing that just unfolds before your eyes. So, yeah, I mean, if you're cool with that trip, which I am, then, yeah, yeah. hell yeah. I mean, I, I we, we did a podcast on this once, and I started my thoughts on Apocalypse Now by saying that I fucking hate the story, and I fucking hate the characters. Yeah. They mean nothing to me. However, I still love the movie, yeah. because it's entirely that visceral cinematic it's experience. Yeah. It's Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. all entirely vibe. Yeah. And... Um, it's the type of movie where you watch it and you just know, oh yeah, they didn't know what the hell they were doing while making this movie half yeah. the time. Yeah. I'm sure they started out knowing exactly what they were doing, but this is a movie that fell into a myriad of problems, sometimes literally with the typhoon. Um, yeah. and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the movie's a disaster that somehow, you know, is well regarded as this classic and yeah. I mean, it's I mean, an award-winning film. It's yeah. It's but watching it's widely regarded as one of the greatest films ever yeah, made. I, I, <laughs> it's a miracle. I, it's as good as it is. I don't know if you would meet a critic that would put it outside of the top thirty or forty. You know? Yeah. Like, but I wonder at what point we have to start assuming that these that the art of movie critique is uh, flawed, where people just see like Francis Ford Coppola and they see this artsy thing and they just give it a thumbs up, like. It's because a, I, a, I, I hated it was, every second of it. I literally was more. I've never been I more was miserable. Not ready for this. I've never been more miserable in my life oh, God, than I two knew, and a half hours. I, I hated yeah. this film, actually. I, I I'm going to be honest with you. I hated it. I actually hated it. Yeah, I knew exactly. I hated it. it. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah, I was like, this is the. This is very much not a Nick film. Because it, uh, it, it has no, like, forward momentum. Like, it's just kind of. It's a film that is just sort of happening, you know? Well, I found myself agreeing with Francis Ford Coppola about his own movie that he was going to get an F on this. He doesn't like his movie. 
or at least he didn't during the filming of it. I don't know there how he feels about it. There was a secret recording, yeah, played in Hearts of Darkness, where he, I think, is talking to his wife and says, I am making a bad movie. I, I hope I get sick tomorrow so I don't have to keep doing this. Yeah. Right. Because he, he believes that he is making an abject failure, and he's never going to work again after this. He used his blank check after Godfather to make the biggest disaster ever. Uh, I got to be honest, though. I'm watching Hearts of Darkness and like just revisiting some of those scenes again, and I'm like... I don't necessarily believe this, but it's one of the 10 movies that if you said objectively, this is the greatest movie ever made. I can't argue with you. Like, I like there is like fucking nothing wrong with this movie. Well, see, opinion. no, I think it's fucking perfect. No, see, I think it's very fl- I, I, I throw this squarely in the Blade Runner camp, although I actually think Blade Runner is a little better. But I I compare it in the same way where it's like those are similarly like just difficult productions that when you look at the final results, they're well regarded as masterpieces, but they're those flawed well, masterpieces. Well, both movies that have been recut, recut in very yeah, interesting there ways. There are like yeah. five different versions yeah. of each one. Yeah. yeah. I think this fits squarely under the category of flawed masterpiece because I don't think it's a perfect movie. It's just like so... I, I I don't know like as far as like the experience that the apocalypse now gives me on every rewatch it's like sort of undeniably profound it, I can't every time I watch yeah. it like I don't care if it's the middle of the day and I'm watching it on like a you keep a, watching on actually, my phone yeah. <laughs> in like you know it, it at two in the afternoon like I am going to be completely it's like, hypnotic. Yeah, I'm going to be like assaulted by the movie. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter in what venue I'm watching it, how loud it is, how quiet it is. Can I see the screen? Like everything, every frame of that movie <laughs> is designed to just shake you to your core. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I don't know. Like, I'm it, sorry, Nick, that you didn't like it. But every time I revisit it, I'm like, holy shit, I've actually been underrating this movie over the years. It is. It is unbelievably good it's a it's it's an <laughs> insanely powerful like intoxicating watch that is i find incredibly alluring whenever i watch but yeah, yeah. no like i said Vi- if you're looking i feel like visually sure and the vibes it gives sure no, but like but I, that's to me that's not enough it's oh god <laughs> i don't know so some of the way these people behave it is in how like like dis- Dude, the scene where Fishburne just like kills the entire boat, boat of natives yeah. or whatever. like that was Jesus Christ. It's, like I I remembered it's that insane, scene. Insane man. Th- that's yeah. like the tenth most disturbing thing in the movie, though. Yeah. Like that's a scene that you can that you forget about afterwards. But it, in its you know that would be the climax of a of a lesser movie. You know. But like the the amount of like like here's the thing. Like I don't. I mean, maybe Nick, like, do you need like a more like structured narrative in your movie to like really appreciate? Because this is a, I've always looked at Apocalypse Now as like the thrust is they're going down the river, but otherwise it's a fairly plotless movie. That's true. But I do think that's enough. Like it's I, enough for me. But like, like I kind of know what's going on during. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. At sure, no point am I lost. Is there I'm like, where are we going here? Like there, there is there's definitely there is nothing a starting to latch line on and a finish to. line. So what? there's nothing for me to latch on to. That's fair. There's no the, that's why I always latch like, on to. I don't care. Like even when they're going down river, like I, I don't even know why. Like they yeah. they tell they they tell him we want you to kill this guy. Right. At no point do we ever get do, do I want to kill this guy? Nope. At the end you don't want to kill the guy. When no, got, like, I mean like the guy who they're actually sending, the main character. I, we never really oh. even get the impression if he even wants to do this. Like what's well, his motivation? Yeah. I don't fucking know. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't, doesn't want to do it. But he does it. <laughs> he does, but he doesn't want to. Yeah. He has regret about it. Yes, he does. Yes. Like, he doesn't like, have he, any like feelings. He doesn't have any emotions. Like he's but- butchering a, an innocent animal. Like they like they butcher the calf. Yeah. 
It's a Dude, the cross cutting. You watch the fucking calf just get destroyed. Oh my god, yeah. Jesus Christ, this movie. And we'll talk about that in regards to the documentary and my feelings on like killing animals in movies. But like, yeah, did they really kill an animal? Like, yes. They oh, did. they did. Yes, they did. Okay, I was wondering about that. Yeah, that was all real because that looked real. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah it was yeah. real. Yeah, yeah, they did it, and they just fucking film it. No, if you if you if you just, I I mean I'm okay taking the characters as just vessels that's what the movie kind of is i'm i don't it's such a weird otherworldly like journey through yeah it's poetry time. is that yeah exactly it's, it's a, you have documentary and you have poetry it's and it's like platoon was more documentary yeah. and apocalypse now was more poetry yeah it's a deeply uh poetic film that's artfully done in literally every way like there's nothing it's a it's a surrealist experience to me they were all on acid making and the that's the thing movie. yeah it's a it's a descent into madness. It's a descent to hell. I mean, yeah. even though like yeah, there like the story is just like you're not. I I'm just not there for the story or the characters, guys. But like the way the movie drags me into a whole other like realm, like like the bridge scene with the, the way it's lit with the red glow, and they go to that guy in the trench who's got the grenade launcher, yeah. and he's just completely lost his mind. <laughs> but see, I don't like. I, I do kind of like some of these, like Duvall in this movie. That is a indelible movie character sure you know what i mean like i love the smell of napalm in the morning how he just is like stoic as the bombs are going off in the background like maybe you don't like the character but there is something identifiable i think like what you're saying is that these are just people that exist to advance the tone Mm. i don't think that's necessarily the case a lot of the time like i i do think duvall is a real character i think martin sheen you might have conflicting thoughts in that performance that is a, a well-defined character, at least. Lawrence Fishburne is playing, like, this sort of... I'd argue Lawrence Fishburne is the most defined character, you know, in, in my opinion. You think he's the most? The, the most the, the most relatable, for sure, identifiable. Or one of the boat captains, too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. These are people that I like. I think I can, I, I can say something, you know, concrete about them. I don't think, like, it's just, you know, like a Gaspar No movie where you're just, like in the clouds and floating around and there just happen to be humans on screen. Like, I kind of think, think that's what it is. Oh, I think it's more than <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I've always kind of taken it credit. that way, yeah. I, 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 I disagree with you, Nico. But. Okay. <laughs> no, but I, I love I, it I for those re- like for the reasons that Nick... But for the reasons that like Nick doesn't like it are kind of the reasons why I, I, I do like it. For, for what you just explained, because I don't really identify with any of these characters. You don't like them or you don't identify them? Both. I don't. They don't feel real to me. Like, it's very... I mean, literally, Robert Duvall's fucking surfing... <laughs> While a battle's going on, it's ridiculous. It's cool. It's all. It's like you're sort of like someday this war's gonna end. Yeah, and he's like upset about it. <laughs> it's like, what are you, man? Like, there's moments like that, but he's. But again, like that experience with him is just so short lived. It's just kind of like, you know, oh, it's an amazing scene. You know, he's a kooky, you know, general or whatever he is. Dude, the fucking watching the behind the scenes of this and watching how meticulously choreographed that all is. They don't do a lot of like. You know, I wouldn't say it's meticulously choreographed when your fucking helicopters are getting taken away from you every <laughs> second. <laughs> I suppose that's true, but like, there's there are easier ways to do this than they're doing this. Oh, huh? You know what I mean? Like, they're doing it all at once. They're setting off all the bombs and like collapsing the trees and blowing up the huts and shooting missiles. And it's like, dude, you could just like do this in close up. You know, you could just like cheat this in post. But they do all of this stuff like for real on set that day. And that's why, I mean, like, okay, you want to say Citizen Kane's better. You want to say even The Godfather's better, whatever. Like, you want to say a Kurosawa movie is, I don't care. I'm, I'm not sure there's a movie with a higher level of difficulty. Yeah, you've said this. that before. Yeah, that's You know true. what I mean? I don't know, like, if we're grading it as a gymnastics routine, there has ever been an attempt 
as high as this one. But you don't win a gymnastics routine based on how fucking hard your attempt is. You win by sticking the fucking landing. And this movie and does I don't not know, do he that. Does. He does. No, it he does. He does. Okay, first off, let's just the <laughs> ending. The last the last uh, act yeah, I didn't of this movie this today. Uh, feels like it was filmed before the rest of the movie. And guess what? It fucking was. I did not want to do this. Yeah, today. it does because it feels so detached from the rest of the movie. <laughs> it doesn't feel like the movie was leading up to this point. It feels like the movie was happening and then well, this thing happens. It I, feels like a distinct line in the sand. There's no flow. It's definitely, yeah, it's a, def- a different movie in the third act. Yeah, that's true. Like thematically, I think it ties. I like that though. That's like that. that, that <laughs> no, but that. that that's I okay. like it too. That's no, okay. I, yeah, but I, I like it too. That's what it comes to. But the yeah. whole thing is just so not real. Like, okay. <sighs> but the fact that it's not real makes it real. It's like, yeah, it's, that's like the, a David Lynch. You guys movie. are like it's defending it. Like, this is like if you. It's you're the making, greatest movie ever, Nick. All right, stop it. No, you're this is like it. you're making a painting and then you fucking rip a hole in the center of the canvas. You go, I really like the way he ripped a hole in the canvas. Like, no, it was a fucking accident. He's not ripping a hole, though. It's all a painting. Nor was it an accident. Yeah, it, it was definitely intentional. I mean, the, the, now, this is where I will disagree with you. He There's said a himself, shit ton of accidents happening that make this movie Coppola better. Coppola himself <laughs> said he wanted to film the ending later, and he got yeah. forced to do it at the beginning. This is this is where I, I do step... Because, I, I again, I think it's a great film, but... It's it is so clearly and obviously one of those examples where it just it's it's really a miracle that it's as good as it is to me anyway, and I don't think like there's certainly intentionality at the beginning of the movie for sure. Then this guy knows exactly what he agree. wants to do. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, but the movie falls apart beneath his feet. That's and he's literally. Yeah, but, but so does the character though. Everything like, falls apart I, though. But like, that's all. That is the point. But like, you it can, is no, 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 but, Inferno. Like you, but you can make an intentional film around that idea of a character falling apart. I've seen it done before. This is a movie that feels very amorphous and just kind of free flowing. He's even admitted on multiple. The craft ac- though is still exceptional. He can't help himself. He's Francis Ford Coppola. I, the fucking <laughs> shot of him coming out of the of the water sure, with yeah, mud great. on his face, like. Come on, I mean, like, you can't say that this was a mistake. I mean, like, he is on set directing his fucking ass off the whole time. But not necessarily... The directing's intentional, sure. That doesn't mean that the fucking plot or the character motivations or the characters themselves feel... Uh, at all cohesive. Yes, but Brando improvising some bullshit on set one day. (laughs) Of course, yes. But that's also... That's Brando. That's the 70s. That's that's what cinema but that's was not, like. It's not just Brando. It's it's every aspect of the movie that isn't in Coppola's complete control, yeah, which is most is, of the movie. He has said on many occasions recounting the film that the film experience became kind of what the story was. And maybe that's part of the reason why it, it ends up working is that like it gets to a point where everything is so out of their control. They're just kind of feeling their way to get to Kurtz. They have the beginning point and they have the end point. Yeah. The, the movie is very like let's just see where we go guys which is why like he has said on multiple occasions for the for the majority of this film i didn't know what i was doing and that's why i thought i was gonna you know make a total fucking bomb uh and that's why i keep saying it's a miracle that the film ended up even getting released frankly it's it it really is a strange example of a film that's just kind of you know you know figured out as they went and they sunk so much money (laughs) and they exactly exactly here's the thing i mean this is an example of a movie where the people behind it have so much raw talent that when everything goes wrong, they can still make lemonade out of those bad lemons. You know yes. what I mean? But yes. that doesn't mean 
it's it's there's still problems with it, and those yeah, are the things that stand that out. Means to me. though, like if the end product is brilliant, like who cares how we got there? It's no, like it's this technically idea that, yeah, it's, like why is it bad? I mean, like, like I don't think the, it's the bad. bad is no, no, because <laughs> it wasn't planned. Like I I don't know what that means. Does every film have to be planned in order to be good? Like no, most films it is spontaneous. A lot of this stuff. So like, I, yeah, I I don't know. No, but that's part of what makes it amazing to me. Yeah. That's part of why it ends up being like, again, I'm just I am floored by the fact that this movie exists and I'm floored by the fact that you can take so much away from it. That That's the interesting thing about it. It really is like a pure art piece. That's I, again, clearly where there are multiple readings. Oh, where my there's, God. Yeah, yeah, like, there's like subtext. And, yeah. you know, and, and that's the thing, Nick, like part of the reason why like a lot of people like respond so well to this film is that you can just see it there, man. I know. I don't know. Like you can see that a, is you are right in the sense that. Like you look at a movie like uh, like Darren Aronofsky's Mother, which is a movie that he wrote in what two weeks? Something like yeah, yeah. And it's definitely like again a weird artistic explosion of a movie. Mm-hmm. But you're watching it, and it's like okay, yeah, this is definitely fucking weird. But there is not you can only read much it. there there. You can there only is no it. there there. It is like constructed to read it like one specific way into this frustrating degree. And it's like, what, why do I even need to revisit this thing? Yeah. So it's like most times when you hear the stories of like, you know, so-and-so wrote this movie in two weeks on the train ride or something like it, normally those movies end up bad because like when you give something a second, third, fourth pass, you actually find what's artistic about it. You find the content. And yeah, it is one of those, very rare movies that is both a mess but ended yeah. up as a complex text. I completely agree. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. Uh, and he was writing it as he was going. We watched it in the documentary. They're about right. to shoot the next day and he's sitting in his room writing the script. And he also just so happened to hire the worst people in the world yes. to accomplish something so complex. Like, not only was the environment difficult, the weather was difficult, the financing was difficult, the, the you know the action and the cinematography, all that was difficult. He also hired the most difficult actors. Yeah. To, to, for this movie, yeah. which sent it into a further tailspin. Yeah. At first... Harvey Keitel was supposed to play the Martin Sheen character. After day one, he's like, yeah, this isn't working. I'm going to bring Martin Sheen on. Martin Sheen was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, <laughs> was not sleeping, had a heart attack midway through production, Yeah, uh, was, you know, drinking uh, to the point where he was having a mental breakdown on camera. And that opening scene in the Hotel of Apocalypse Now, that is an actual mental breakdown that he's having. That is his actual blood smeared on his face. Yep. Uh, you have Brando, who at this point is just peak Brando in terms of like, I'm only going to do this if you pay me a trillion dollars a day and I also might not come anyway. He's very Bruce Willis in that way. Yeah. When you think about it. Real he's prick. Not, he's not <laughs> memorizing his lines. At this point, he refuses to memorize his lines. <laughs> what? Refuses. <laughs> Every time I hear that story, like, what do you mean you're refusing to memorize your lines? I'm not going to memorize it. What does that mean? You're here to do a job. Not reading the script. You know what? I'm not going to work the register. Yeah. Just not going to do not it. not going to do it. Like, what, what do you mean you're not going to? No, I'm not going to do you're it. You're going to pay me $50,000 for today's work, though. <laughs> it's- and I might not come. <laughs> I might just take off with the cash. I'm going to do it anyway. You know why? Because I know you're still going to hire me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we are. No, because the couple <laughs> even says, it's like, oh, I'll just, I'll get Redford. And if I can't get Redford, I'll get Nicholson. And if I can't get Nicholson, I'll get Pacino. It's like, well, you didn't, Francis, because the best guy for the job is there. And that's the tough part about hiring Brando. Yep. Is you're not going to find a better actor than Brando. No. Yeah. And then at the end, you got fucking Dennis Hopper coming in. Oh, my it's like, God. Dennis this Hopper. Impossible shoot. 
who shows up at the 11th hour just tripping balls on set yes yeah and this <laughs> the way we're talking about this too, like nick if you want to make the argument that the film is a mess Ugh. yes there, there, it, it is kind of a mess but i don't know man <laughs> i just think that what what they're able to slap together is just i don't know it's really otherworldly i really haven't seen anything quite like this or experienced anything uh sense frankly mm. it's just like I, I i wouldn't trade this for anything I would it's trade so it for a good. lot of things. Yes. I would trade it for for some bad fucking movies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I didn't think you'd hate it this much. It's so good that behind the scenes documentary is a masterpiece. Like yes. it's that fucking good of a the movie. Behind the scenes like, documentary is quite good. A lot of people say it's better. I think it is better. Right. Gene Siskel called it the best movie of nineteen ninety one. All right. Hearts of Darkness. Uh you yeah, know, I I really liked Hearts of Darkness, uh the movie about this. Uh yeah. about Apocalypse Now. Um, it's it it really is incredible how much shit went wrong, and mm-hmm. it it was actually I I don't think I've ever seen Francis Ford Coppola like just talking, mm. and it, I always pictured Coppola being more of like a uh, like a I guess prestigious sounding or uh, I didn't picture him just like dropping f bombs and walk around <laughs> with his shirt off and like looking like a smelly hippie. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> A film that is pretentious is shit. It is scum. Yeah, when he started saying shit like that, I was like, I like this guy. Yeah, I like him a lot. Well, what struck me, so think about this. This movie, Hearts of Darkness, came out in 1991. Apocalypse Now came out in 1979. So they are doing a 12-year retrospective on Hearts of Darkness watching this. They're talking about it as though it came out 30 years ago. Like, they're talking about it as though it was this distant period in their lives. Whereas now, it's like if we did a movie about the making of Moneyball. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it was war for them. You That's know what I mean? So, but yeah. It's like, that feels like it just came out. Whereas, yeah, they have aged so much. All Like, Coppola looks terrible in 1991. He goes from, like, a fairly young, spry, energetic man to a, like, washed up. Well, when you see the, the, the cutbacks, like, where they go from him on set of Apocalypse Now to cutting, you know, to 1991, it's just the way he talks, too. It's just totally different. It feels like a guy that is fed up and has been through a lot, too. Yeah. Someone who can form their words much better, too. Because, yes. like, this, the, one of the, you know, the younger version of him is just, like, like you said, spry, but also kind of, like, naive. And it's just kind of like, I'm just, I'm just out making a movie, man. I had a little success with Godfather, and yeah. now I'm going to blow it. You know, like, he's, he he's, made two Godfather movies movies that won two academy awards (laughs) and he still is like this kid of like yeah exactly he's a kid fucking there's a desperation to him yeah exactly exactly it's fascinating to watch yeah Yeah. and i do wonder like you know lucas kind of lost that if you look at the film brats right and you look at the trajectory of their careers lucas did star wars and could do nothing wrong afterwards and was never told no was allowed to make three shitty prequels uh and and to this day is a billionaire. He's a multi-billionaire after making what? Two good movies, two class American graffiti and star Wars. And that's basically it. You know, basically, you know, and then he's again, never is like out to prove himself. Never has a chip on his shoulder. One of the creators of Indiana Jones, you know? Yeah. Give him, you know, I don't know. Did Spielberg have that chip? Did he? I don't know. Did, well, I don't like now. Anyway, I don't. I don't know. After West Side Story, you think, oh, he's still Spielberg. That's yeah. for sure. But 
It felt like when Coppola was in that mode, that's when he was doing the best work. Oh, you then, you mean like did they go through shit that like changed like their their perspective on movies to come? Well, I mean, I think you have to. There has to be a danger of failure. Spielberg, M Night Shyamalan talks about this. Yeah, like I think like when he, uh, I think it was after he made that shitty Will Smith movie. Oh, after, after yeah, and that was like a studio movie that bombed. Uh huh. And he was like, God, I've now done a string of bad fucking movies. And his theory at the time was that he was not in enough danger. There was nothing to lose. Like he was already like sort of declared the Spielberg of his generation. He had made six sets. He had made Unbreakable. And it was like just blank check for whatever he wanted to do. And uh, that's when he made Split. Mm. And I think actually, no, before that, it was The Visit and then Split. On both of those movies, he took out loans. He used his own money. He financed them himself. And he's like, I'm going to do this on a budget. I'm going to have to be smart about where I use these resources. And also, if this movie doesn't make money, I just lost $10 million. And to Shyamalan's credit, I mean, yeah, he sort of had a nice second period of his career. Like, definitely fixed a lot of the problems he was dealing with. And I think, like, in Coppola's case, the fact that he was on the hook for, what, $50 million, $100 million by today's standards, I think helped him push through and, like, really you know, hone in and not coast. And in the eighties and the nineties, I, I don't think you can say the same thing about Coppola. I don't think you can say the same thing about Lucas. You can say that that about De Palma though. You can say that about Scorsese. Spielberg definitely experienced it though on Jaws though. Yeah. That's another story behind the scenes story, but that's one where he was, you know, you know, tried the entire way through and all, I think it was fired a couple times and then they brought him back on, right, right. you know, but again, it's, it's Jaws, you know, so it's a little bit different. So then, then he can literally do no wrong. Yeah. So but you got to stay hungry. You have to like, yeah, gotta, there has to be a risk, risk of failure. It's very true. It's or very risk true. of death. There's not a greater risk of death than doing fucking apocalypse now though. No, so definitely not. God, this movie's insane to me. Uh, Nick, what, uh, what were some of your, uh, your favorite uh, key takeaways here from Hearts of Darkness? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think his experience with Apocalypse Now soured the whole thing. <laughs> Just all of it. I was checked out. Oh, wow. Like, Damn. I liked Hearts of Darkness. I found it to be uh, pretty insightful on how, how uh, Coppola was, like, just falling into this sense of despair. He was convinced his movie was going to be a failure. I, I do wonder... If we could have seen, and this is impossible now, but if we could have seen, like, his immediate reactions to his first time watching the final piece before it had become, like, an award-winning masterpiece, like, would he have truly thought that he made a bad movie had other people not told him that it was one of the greatest movies they've ever seen? Well, That's right. what I want to know. Right. Well, there are two cuts of Apocalypse Now currently. There there's there one well, of them. There's like three or four now. Yeah. One of them is quite famous, which is Apocalypse Now Redo, which I don't like as much. Uh, I don't either. I haven't seen the final cut though. I haven't either. We, which just came out like two years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? Maybe 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 we need to give it the whole Blade Runner treatment. Nick, you need to check out the final cut. It's the real version. It's the real version of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that should be illegal. <laughs> it really should. Have you ever that. seen one the Blade cut, Runner theatrical one cut release, of a movie. dude? It's I like it, but it's like 
it's it's a little rough. Blows. Yeah, it's a little fucking blows. Sorry. <laughs> that that blows. That, I mean, it, I mean, it's still an incredible cinematic experience, but that fucking voiceover. Is, that narration. It's is really so bad. bad. I don't know why movie that saved I really, my life. <laughs> Blade Runner's another movie that I don't really give a shit about. That's fine. But the the, the new one is really good. But the original Blade Runner, I'm kind of just like whatever. Yeah. But you it sounds like you like. You like it more than Apocalypse. I'm very surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. well, this movie was doomed to be a failure for me. Mm. Uh, it's it's very setting and just yes. like where it picks up like right off the bat. I just don't care. And I, there's no character for me. That's the biggest problem. It's like if there was like a character on that boat that could have helped guide me along. But there wasn't. This, this there was nobody sound. there for me to like really care about. This is going to sound ridiculously pretentious, and I apologize in advance, but, like, the movie is kind of the personality. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, it's, it's like the, the location is a character. Yeah, 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 exactly. You it's, know, New York City is really a character in that I movie. know. It's, it's, that's the worst. I know. I hate but, that, but you're right. Yeah. I agree. I do. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're not like, like, I was, I'm, this is the thing, it's like, like, I see a lot of the issues that you're talking about, Nick, but, like, I am just so wrapped up in it and transfixed. Like, they, the opening with the doors and the napalm, like... Oh, damn! I'm already in this world. I love it. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, the 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 uh, Wagner mu- music. The yeah, yeah. I mean, the use of light, the use of color. The use of color is outstanding in this. I would like to say, Nick, there is a Dune connection in this in this movie. Would you like to know the Dune connection? Uh, sure. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. Uh, the the cinematographer. I was trying to think if it was something I. <laughs> The cinematographer behind this shot the Dune miniseries, and if you watch that Dune miniseries, you're like, "Whoa!" It's like just it's just apocalypse now. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, The Dune miniseries is okay. I like really. Yeah. Huh. Same kind of like like intense visceral color. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Most of my notes were along the lines of this one movie is so fucking good <laughs> that was really like just most of my takeaways while watching this. which one hearts of darkness no apocalypse <laughs> like holy fucking shit this like this movie was so this, this, goddamn this, expensive this documentary though. month we're talking about the movie apcalypse now yeah we can't well it's <laughs> because you said you hated apocalypse now and it's like all right now we're here. we can't yeah, now we gotta we get into we, this we can't really di- <laughs> diverge from that that's the issue. No, but that was most of my takeaways here it's like jesus that movie is so fucking good like they spent so much money the celebrations they had at like the the benchmarks along the way cost at least like five grand each like they had a party they they printed custom t-shirts and signage for the 100th day of shooting party that was my favorite actually because that sign there's a giant electronic sign that says apocalypse now fucking fireworks okay so there's apocalypse now 200 days and then it just says good luck francis And there's a giant Epcot Center firework display like, going on. Stop set, spending so much fucking money. I know, like, but I want to know whose job that was on set. All right, you're planning the 200th day party, and you're starting on day 125. And they're, I'm they're picturing Francis without a shirt up, on, like crying while you're putting it up. Yeah. I'm picturing Francis Ford Coppola himself without a shirt on, climbing up and setting up the fireworks. Yes. Yeah. You think he made you know, that himself? I really thought it was bad enough when they, they ordered like a sign from a print shop in the Philippines and, and for the hundredth day. And it's like, oh no, two hundredth day fireworks show. Yeah. 
yeah. Which like stuff. I don't know if I don't know if launching fireworks in the jungles of Manila is like a great a idea. idea. I no. don't advise it. No. Uh, <laughs> neither is like blowing up huts on the beach, but they did it anyway. Also, uh, I'd like to note that like a pig is one of my favorite animals. I just love pigs. And I, oh, I, I struggled with this good. one. Yeah. Eh, poor How pigs. about Eleanor uh, Coppola being like, oh, it was so beautiful the way they just slaughtered those pigs. She doesn't come out great in this movie. No, they st- they, they don't like, 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 they don't like shoot it first or, or, or slit the throat. They they stab it in the heart. It's like, what the fuck? And then the pig starts squealing. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't do well with that scene. I didn't either. That I did not really do bad. well with that scene. Oh god, I love pigs too much. I, I'm surprised they didn't get in more trouble. Well, because it, the, the film crew wasn't doing it though. They're, yeah, it was a native yeah, tradition. Yeah, exactly. So they were just doing that. Yeah. Even today, though, even just filming that, people would be like, up yes. in arms. You could not do that. Today. We, we've seen far too many movies about animals being abused on this show. By the way, it all started with pink flamingos, and it just. No. Yeah. Nothing but animal abuse. Hold these goddamn chickens. Too much animal abuse. Too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that the new thing? I Too much so. animal abuse? Yeah. Oh god. Too much animal okay. abuse. <laughs> Jesus. I don't want it. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that wasn't good. Ellen, so the, the the this movie again, it was aired as a Showtime documentary in 1991 and it compiles a lot of the behind the scenes footage that was mostly shot by Francis Ford Coppola's wife. Mm-hmm. I guess he yes. did not want to hire a professional crew to do this. Uh, or as, as Eleanor describes it, he also wanted to give her something to do. <laughs> so she just followed around with her camcorder, I guess. I guess not a camcorder in those days, but like her, you know, her camera. And, uh, and uh, also recorded Francis during their intimate private moments without his knowledge. Mm-hmm. That she then put into the final movie. She's a true documentarian, though, and that's why you get all of this, like you know, really raw stuff of like Francis Ford Coppola saying, "I do not know what I'm doing." Yeah, I'm going insane. Marty's not dead until I say he's dead. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> what? If Martin yeah. drops dead tomorrow, <laughs> I don't want anyone to know about it until I say so. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that ain't good. Yeah, it's a revealing doc, yes. <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Yeah. Coppola uh, looks what much worse in the 90s. Sheen looks better. Martin yeah. Sheen looks better. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely I, cleaned up. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Martin Sheen um, talking about how during the filming of the movie, he told everybody he did not remember what he was doing. But in yes. reality, he remembers every bit of it. Mm-hmm. That was a weird what, like why was he lying about well, okay. like having a mental breakdown? He was like, "Well, getting in character." Yeah, that's right. It, it's 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 too it's too embarrassing. You can you can get away with being like, "Oh, I I didn't remember a thing." Yeah, you know. I don't know. Try pulling that weird. excuse a couple times doesn't work, Nico. No. <laughs> uh, Brando at the end just I swallowed a book. We're done for today. <laughs> I can't think of any more dialogue today. <laughs> All right, guess we're done, guys. Christ. We emptied the tank, the million-dollar Brando tank. 
I love the the Dennis Hopper bits where he's like, here's the thing. I kind of side with Dennis Hopper with he's those, a nut though. He is he's an, an oh my god. I mean he's peak Hopper at this. Point oh my too. god. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to talk. You won't give me just a fucking second. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what you're trying to explain to Kurtz is that he's he's kind of in the twilight zone. Oh, <laughs> you're just screaming at him. Yeah. Poor guys. Uh, there was a tiger featured in the movie that was kind of fun. <laughs> I love the guy that's like, yeah. When a tiger attacks you three times, that's when you got to be done with the cat. <laughs> like, yo. It's the most baller shit I've ever heard. I love it. <laughs> Just so yeah. gangster. Yeah. Joe Exotic wouldn't have said that, though. Uh, uh, fun seeing a young Sofia Coppola in this movie. That was weird, yeah. Kind of trippy. Four-year-old Sofia Coppola hanging yeah. out on the set of Apocalypse yeah. Now. This is... Getting some ideas. I was hoping at some point we might spot a Nicolas Cage, but we didn't see any Nicolas no, Cage. You got you got some De Niro in there. Yeah, you got that's some true. Famous luminaries for sure. But how young would Nicolas Cage have been in that family? That's a good question. Uh, he might have been around Sophia's age. Hmm. Yeah, that I don't know. Well, let's look up when he was born. He was born in '64. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he was 15. Oh. There should have been a Nick Cage in this movie. Where was young Nick? That's a good, yeah. Worst thing about the movie. Where's young Nick? <laughs> Where's oh. young Nick Coppola? Also, I'm surprised there's no Charlie Sheen because apparently he was on set with his dad a couple times, which is Explains not. Explains a lot. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Explains a lot. <laughs> um, what else? Did Probably I where he got say? introduced to drugs. <laughs> was on the set. He didn't, no, fun fact, he didn't get introduced to drugs until Platoon. Oh. Platoon's the first time he ever smoked anything. And no shit. Yeah, yeah. It was and, that late. Yeah. And that was that. That explains why it ruined his life. <laughs> Thanks, Oliver Stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another guy that I just thought was the star of this thing. And of course I'm gonna say this. Oh, I know. John Milius. Yeah. <laughs> John Milius. <laughs> Reading his own dialogue and like giving himself an erection. I'm just like, oh, you fucking <laughs> asshole. It's like, that's a good line. That's a good line. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost every. <laughs> every time they cut to him, he's just jerking himself off. That's the whole thing. He serves no other purpose in this he movie. He reads it and he just gives like the camera the smile of like. Yeah, I wrote that. Not bad, right? It's pretty good. <laughs> you couldn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> he is so Walter from Big Lebowski. So, yeah, Nick, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but the the big Le- the Walter, the John Goodman character in Big Lebowski, is based on John Milius. Oh, okay. Uh, and they do have the same mannerisms, the same way of talking, the same ego, like. I was waiting for a Walter line. Yeah. I wish there was one. We didn't get one, unfortunately. Oh, it's so fucking good. <laughs> you know, He's just got that shit-eating yeah. grin on his face. Yeah. You know what I could say about the, the natives uh, on the set? They were threatening castration. <laughs> we're going to split hairs here. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> Dude, am I wrong? <sighs> Smokey, this isn't Nam. There are rules. <laughs> this is the best line ever. Might not be a funnier line of dialogue in any movie ever. <laughs> this is not. It's not funny at first, but, but it, it's it's one of those things like you. It's it, a, it it grows in funniness every time. It's only yeah. If you if you rewatch, you're like fuck. That's a great line. It's an unbelievable because it tells you everything you need to know about that character in the line too. And it's and just that such a, makes it funnier. And it's just such a ridiculous thing to say. Like who the fuck says that? 
this is smoky. This isn't nom. There are rules. Were you listening to the dude's story? <laughs> so you have no frame of reference. You're like a child who wanders into the middle of a movie. Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> Asian American, please. Please. Talk about a line in the sand, dude. <laughs> the abrupt You cut. shall not. And Chinaman is the, not the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> <sighs> no. I loved it. Loved Hearts of Darkness. Uh, yeah. We have to go. This is our uh, oh. this is our heart out. We got to get going. Oh we? Jesus! Yeah, yeah, we're there. Holy shit! Uh, Nick, I'm sorry you didn't like Apocalypse Now. Yeah, bums me out. I think it drastically affected the podcast. <laughs> it did. It may have. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was just like now we're just talking shit about Apocalypse Now, and it's like I'm trying to play devil's advocate, but I don't agree at the same time. <laughs> No, I mean, like, you could tell it's a proficient film. I mean, it's not... Proficient! Yeah, you could tell it's technically proficient. Sure. It's made by people. Yeah, you could tell. There's nothing in it for me. There's nothing in it for me. Not a single thing. Not a single thing. There's nothing there for me. All right, all right. Yeah. In the words of Nick Evangelista, damn, well neat. Well... I wouldn't even give it that much. That's a little generous. Oh my god! A little generous, Nico. Proficient. <laughs> I've never heard uh, a more <laughs> a more faint praise than that. One star on RogerEbert.com. Proficient, though. Proficient. <laughs> I thought it was proficient. Uh, Let's play a game. <laughs> How many Drew Carries? Uh, a lot of ways you can go with this. I guess Coppola is the obvious one, though, right? I guess so, yeah. For How much is Coppola worth? Coppola. A lot, because he's putting $100 million of his own money into an upcoming film. Metropolis. Yeah. No, Megalopolis. 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 That's right. Megalopolis. <laughs> Easy mistake. Which is an unfortunate title, honestly, for that very reason. Everyone's going to be like, I want to go see Metropolis. No, 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 no. It's Megalopolis. Oh, I don't want to see that. Uh, the man is in his 80s at this point. Yep. Again, uh, filmmaking has taken its toll. Uh, however, he has had a nice second career as, a, as the, uh, the head of Coppola Wines. That's true. Coppola Vineyard, a... Uh, uh, a very famous vineyard in Napa Valley. His wine brand is uh, exceptionally popular. I'd love to go visit that vineyard one day. Mm. Really want to go. You think he'd be Where there? Where is it? Uh, Napa Valley, California. Napa Valley? Mm. Okay. Nice. Wow. I've never had his wine. Uh, I, 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 I'm not a wine drinker. Not a fan of wine, but uh, I've heard it's quite good. All right. And I had a bottle of it one time, but I didn't taste it. You had a bottle of it? Ugh. I didn't drink it, but it was here, and oh, I should have taken the opportunity to. But wow. yeah, I might pick some up. <laughs> yeah, I think Coppola wine, Coppola vineyard, something like that. Francis Coppola. Yeah, uh, Francis. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola Wine Company. I'm gonna pick some up later today. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Get assuming some they have wine. it in the store, I might have it. All right. I'm saying it takes three Drew Carey's to get to Francis. So, yeah, about $500 million. $500 million. Come Goodness. on. Come on. I'll, go I'll a say little... four. I'll put him at 800 mil, roughly. Oh, baby. 
You think lower in Nico? I'll go a little less than that. I'll say it's one to one. Okay. Yes, he might be right. Here we go. The actual net worth of Francis Ford Coppola. Nothing. Hang on. Zero dollars. He's not worth anything. I'm just trying to figure out. There's a whole Vanity Fair article written about this very topic and where all of his money is. Um, you don't think Celebrity Net Worth will have the updated figure? Celebrity Net Worth, I'm not going to trust. I'm going to trust Vanity Fair on this number, okay. as a matter of fact, okay. because they what say happened? that Francis Ford Coppola is worth three point six billion dollars. <laughs> Oh my god, Nick, you just won. Billion? This week's edition of How Many Drew Carries. What? Billion? Billion. Bullshit. Billions and Wine and movies. Billions and Here's the thing. In my mind, I was thinking if if, uh, George Lucas is a billionaire, there's no way this guy is not a billionaire. Oh, wow. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $3.6 billion. Holy shit. Yes. Ah. Lucas is worth five. Why isn't he still financing his own movies? He's making wine, dude. He finances a lot of movies, Adam. (laughs) I mean, like, good ones. (laughs) He hasn't made a good movie in a very long... What's the last good movie he had? Uh, The Rainmaker. Okay. Right? Maybe it was aging him a lot. Maybe. Yeah, it's probably Maybe true. it was stressful. <laughs> it was it was us. It was very Maybe it's stressful. easier to fund other people's movies and make wine and just sit in Napa Valley drinking your wine. Yeah. With all nice, of your money. It's not a bad life. It's not a bad life. God, he made some bad ones, dude, in yeah. Europe. Twixt. Yeah, that's right, Twixt. I haven't Tetro. Seen. Isn't, it, isn't it so funny how some directors like do well in Europe but bad in America or vice versa? That, uh, De Palma's one that or that's the case, you know? Isn't that youth so interesting? Youth. Yeah. Yep. Look at that. I, I don't I don't know why that is. Like what about the Europe climate for film that the only reason Paul W.S. Anderson still has a career is because his stupid movies keep making money in Europe. Literally. No one in America goes to see them. But for some reason, like England really likes them and France really likes them. The Resident mm. Evil movies, for Christ's sake. The Rainmaker was ninety seven. When was um um Dracula? Ninety two. Okay. Jack was ninety six. Ooh, ooh, okay. Godfather 3, 1990. I should watch that new cut. Yeah, I'm curious to watch Godfather it. Godfather 3? Yeah, he just put out a new cut last year that yeah. he says is much better. <laughs> you're not allowed to just keep re-editing your film. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, if you're Coppola, you can. If it's, if, it's, if it's his movies, he can do whatever the hell he wants with it. Look at George Lucas. <laughs> That's true. Ugh. All right, uh, Nick, go pick up Michaela. Uh, you ruined the podcast for hitting on Apocalypse Now today, and that, <laughs> uh, you will never be forgiven. Yep. It's a bad movie. It's Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bad film. Just like The Shining. Bad film, right? I actually do not like The Shining. You're right. <laughs> I do not like The Shining. Maybe I don't Nico. like movies about the descent into madness because I'm bored. Nico is just like not having a good time. <laughs> not having it today. Uh, I, I think that I don't like films about the descent into madness. I think that it's a boring topic you're and overdone. Did you see The Lighthouse? I guess. Mm, I haven't, but maybe I want to, but maybe I won't like it. You didn't like The Witch, though. The Witch is sort of about that. The Witch? The Witch, yeah. The I bitch. love The Witch. But I don't bitch. dislike that movie. I just found it boring. Oh. 
There we go. Uh, if you want more uh, awful film takes from Nick, join us for the Oscar stream this Sunday, four days from when you're listening to this. I know what movie Nick's going to be rooting for, which is just... <laughs> well, my, my, my ranking does have licorice pizza at the top, Adam. Yeah, but it's not going to win. I know. Uh, <laughs> but but I mean, like, I'm not talking about licorice pizza. I'm, Nick I, really loved a movie that I am baffled by. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I I don't dislike the movie. I, I, I enjoy it enough. I'm just surprised by how much Nick liked I it. I yeah. don't like the movie. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> Straight up don't like it. No, uh, I, it's fine. It's just like. Was not prepared for a negative Apocalypse Now review and a positive review of the latest Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> Oscar bait bullshit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Nicholas. Uh, we'll get into it and plenty more on that stream. Please join us for that. It'll be fun. Uh, Married life has changed our friend Nick here. Really <laughs> That's really what it is. It really has. Please join. Don't make us like do the show in front of five people and then regret doing it. <laughs> One person is going to show up. Pretty please. With a cherry on top. Yeah. <laughs> Love ya. <laughs> Until next time, you've been so very, very naughty. Naughty.